Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is brought to you by bet online bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for football basketball baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And that, of course, is the wonderful voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. We're uh, coming at you on a Friday morning-ish. Uh, we didn't do a post Thursday night because Marcus was lazy. Um, that's okay. Uh, he went to a party. Would you really call it a party? No. No. Okay, cool. To watch the... Uh, Bengals Ravens game last night, which uh, I did turn on in the second quarter. Marcus was giving me live text updates and man, there was just no energy to that game. Like none zero. And I know you, you said it was because Joe Burrow injury, but they're just, they're just, am I wrong? There's just the whole broadcast lacks juice. It, it, it did, but we should start with this right as we were starting to record. We got an update on Joe Burrow, and it's not good. Um, oh, no. Burrow tore a ligament in his wrist, is out for the rest of the season, needs surgery. Oh, gosh. You know, one of my friends, um, she's more of a baseball fan, but she said it just seems like this year she was watching the, you know, the quarterback documentary with that had Cousins and Mahomes, and was it Mariota? I'm trying to remember who were the quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah, I didn't watch it. And, and she said it just seems like, there are so many major injuries and I understood why she said that because this year we have lost a ton of quarterbacks. If you think about it, Aaron Rodgers out for the year, uh, Kirk cousins out for the year, Deshaun Watson out for the year, Joe Burrow out for the year, Daniel Jones out for the year. Matt Stafford may not be the same the rest of the year, although he's going to try to play with that thumb. Uh, Justin Fields has missed Almost the whole year. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel sick to my stomach. This sucks. It, you, Burrow is one of my favorite players in the league. And it feels like we are already robbed of Burrow the first two months of the season because of the calf injury, right? Like he just clearly wasn't the same. He finally got healthy, was playing well. And now we don't get anything else. Well, I, I just, so Anthony Richardson out Anthony for Richardson, the year yeah. as well. Kyler Murray has missed the whole year up until this last week's game. Derek Carr is hurt right now. I don't know his situation in terms of when he's going to be able to play for sure, but he's out right now. Um, I feel like there's somebody else even. I mean, that's a lot of quarterbacks, Marcus. I mean, that's more, that's way more than normal, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, we could also mention a couple of the quarterbacks that just haven't played well that got benched, like Jimmy Garoppolo dealt with several injuries in the yep. beginning of the season. Yep. Now he's benched because of poor play, which I mean, a lot of that is because of the injuries the quarterback play around the league. has just been bad because of everything you just mentioned. And a couple of teams like the giants and Vikings, uh, not only did their starter get hurt, 
their backup got hurt as well. So they had to go to an emergency option. And so it is just uh, remarkable what's going on uh, in the NFL on this front. So she was right. Once I really thought about it, this is a lot. I, I remember there being a year in the eighties like this, and that's the, the late, late, late eighties. Uh, there was a year like that. And that's, that's really the only ones that I can remember. Um, it's, it's, it's made for a tough season. I thought the Bengals hung in there as best they could last night. Once, once Lamar hit the deep ball to Odell Beckham, uh, the game was over. Um, do you have any takeaways from either one of these teams based on that? Or did the burrow injury kind of supersede all of that? I thought the the Bengals were going to win this game. Uh, Burrow that drove them right down the field in the second drive of the game, got them a touchdown, put them up 10-7. And then once it was clear he wasn't returning, the just entire game changed. You could you could feel the atmosphere change. So no, not really. It's It was a short week game for the Ravens at home. They took care of business against a backup quarterback for three quarters of this game. Now the Bengals aren't. I mean, the Bengals aren't going to make it the playoffs now, but I don't know if the Ravens are good yet or not. It, it's it's such a weird season in the AFC, especially when you consider like we thought we were going to go into this year, like the best conference of quarterback play ever with Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen and Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And there's a chance three of those four quarterbacks just won't be in the playoffs at all. Which is going to make your Steelers fandom. Uh... <laughs> Mark, don't even let me think about it. Uh, what do you think they're going 13 and four? Is that what you yeah, told me? At least that's, it's unbelievable. We were going offline over some schedules and I thought, well, maybe Miami can beat them out for the top seed and it doesn't look likely no. uh, it's going to have to be Kansas city or bust really. Cause Pittsburgh's schedule is a breeze. Everybody, yeah. uh, while we're still on the, the Amazon, well, we, did we mention Deshaun Watson? That was another one. We, yeah. We yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the Amazon coverage last night, a lot of people were talking about how the Carissa Thompson situation was not addressed. If you guys missed it, Carissa Thompson had done a, a, a barstool podcast where she admitted that she basically made up stuff that coaches would say when she couldn't get a halftime report. Uh, it didn't really go down yesterday. A lot more people were talking about it even today because it wasn't addressed. Do you, do you think that they should have addressed that last night? That Do you think it's too big to ignore? Or do you think that would have taken away from the game? Would you have done it in pregame? Just what's your overall thought here? I thought it was interesting that Amazon didn't address what was going on. And I think the reason why they didn't is because it was really only popular on Twitter. Uh, I don't think people were talking about this off of Twitter very much. So I don't think if they wanted to bring more attention to a situation. Maybe the average fan didn't, you know, read about this. Um, I, I've got mixed feelings, to be honest. I, I, if you go back and listen to the podcast that Carissa was on, she she wasn't saying that she was explicitly making up reports on the sideline or stuff. She made it clear, like, hey, sometimes it's really hard to get a hold of these coaches. Uh, you know, before halftime. And even when I do talk to them, some of them don't want to talk to me at all. And Amazon still expects me to give a report. So I kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically has to fill in the gaps a little bit. And I think it came off of, she's just making up things on the sideline, which she is to a degree, but at the same time, you can't, <laughs> you can't lie when you're on national TV about what you're supposed to be doing as a journalist, you know? 
Right. You know, I, I barely did any sideline reporting work at all. When I did, it was on a really small level. I never was asked to do that when I was at NFL and, uh, and before. Um, but I will say this, that I know that it's a harder job than people think it is. Um, I, I see everyone on Twitter talking about how sideline reporting doesn't make any impact whatsoever and that most of the reports don't do anything. And I have mixed feelings about that. As far as her taking the criticism, you, you know, I, I'll tell you this. You know, by the way, you know what's a really weird thing, Marcus? What's that? Is your AirPods are somehow hooked up to your podcast and your phone. So you have your phone ringing in your ear <laughs> while you're trying to do a podcast, which, by the way, is very similar to being in a live, uh, speaking of being a sideline reporter, you've got AirPods in and you've got all sorts of noise going on at the same time. So anyway, excuse that. But what I was going to say is that you're the only one that can hear that. So it's a, you don't have to excuse it yourself. You're yeah, good. that's true. But I don't know how that happened. You know, I, I've got to get my tech right, bro. I got to get my tech right. Let, let, let me, let me get my tech right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got it. I think we're good. So, um, I, you know, I think it's important that we're able to criticize anyone that basically isn't doing their job. And that, that includes ex players, you know, just because you're a hall of famer, doesn't mean that you can do something like that or mail it in non-players like myself, male, female, whoever it is. I think if you're not, if you're not doing your job or you're making up quotes, you, we should be able to criticize that. And that's, you know, that's a good thing because that way the people that are doing their job um, are not lumped in with everyone else. And I do understand that there were a lot of, female sideline reporters that were really upset about this. And I got their point. Their point is, Hey, yeah, you guys can say it's, you know, not the, you know, the most important stories in the world, what a coach says at halftime, but a lot of us have worked really, really hard to get here. And it makes people think that we're just doing the same thing. And even if you don't really find that to be the most important part of a broadcast, you can't be one of these people on Twitter that thinks it's dumb for these people to speak out because they worked really hard to get where they are. And look, man, I don't care if you're, you know, taking care of uh, lawns for a living. I, I don't care. You, you know, everybody wants credibility in their job. I don't care what you're doing. You don't have to be the president of the United States or, you know, in Congress or something for your job to be important. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I, there's gotta be, I agree with a lot of the pushback that we saw on social media yesterday. I think, I think what Carissa was saying, uh, how I think what she was saying is pretty problematic for sideline reporters. Cause there's only so many of those jobs out there. There's not a thousand of those jobs. How many other, there's six, seven of them at the national stage. Uh, so to have somebody like her say, Hey, you know, sometimes I have to make things up a little bit. I, I, I do think that's, that's an issue. And I mentioned the the female reporters because so many of our sideline reporters are women and many of the voices on Twitter that were, you know, coming back at her were saying, look, we had to work so hard to get there. And I understand that totally, you know, and so I don't really agree with the people like, come on, man, it's, you know, you're, they would, you know, people would respond to one of these reporters and say, your job's not that important. All you're doing is talking about third down and red zone defense. Hey, man. We could do that with every job in America, right? Hey, your job's not that important. All you're doing is, you know, uh, working at a restaurant. The Cowboys. It's not that. Or, yeah. yeah, or podcasting about the Cowboys. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, you know, so I understand people standing up for their profession. I also understand 
uh, that there was a time that there weren't a lot of women working in the field and, and how hard they had to work to get here at the same time. I think everybody deserves to be criticized at, uh, if they're not doing their job. So that's my take on it. Uh, overall, though, the game was really disappointing. But I want to I want to switch gears to something a little more positive. Please, I got my I'm little feeling mini very depressed right now. I'm feeling okay. very, very depressed. Okay, well, I got my mini my mini power ranking. I got my top five MVP uh, like candidates for this year. Five to one. You ready? I'm ready. That's what you always say to me. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let me just make sure that I remember them all. Okay, I got them. Only five. Uh, Be okay. Well, I just want to make sure I had them in order. I didn't write them down. Okay, number five is going to be my oddest choice, and I don't care. It's Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. When you play at this level and your offense performs the way it has for the last, what, four or five weeks now, mm-hmm. and there are literally, literally videos of you stonewalling everybody, and wh- how many pressures has he allowed this year? Is it five? Five pressures, yep. Yeah, and I saw somebody tweet about that, and somebody else said, yeah, well, he did have a holding call or two. <laughs> oh, darn it. He had a and actually, the call holding call two. was only because Dak got outside the pocket. Like, Tyron had this guy blocked. Dak got outside yeah. the pocket. It, it really wasn't even his fault. Right. I And he's been able to play, you know, and I think that's really the biggest question with him. And I know we're never going to give an MVP vote to an offensive lineman. I get it. But my gosh, when you were dominating this much and your offense is playing out of its mind and the, the Cowboys line maybe hasn't done a great job run blocking, but by and large, Dak has had great protection, I think, this year. Yeah. Uh, there was one guy on that line that was getting beat a lot by the Eagles. I'm not going to mention his name because he already yes. took it on the chin enough. Uh, what do you think? How, how do you like my Tyron, Tyron Smith? The take? only problem is he hasn't played a ton of games. He missed you know, some games early in the season and then a couple, midway through the a year. A couple. Come on. I think he's missed four starts. So that's that's. Come on. He has issue. not missed four starts. Are I you think sure about that? I'm pretty sure. I'm going to look. I'm going to um, look. Good. Uh, but it's fine. I think he's been awesome. All right. I'm going to look. I don't believe you. Is he really missed four? I'm pretty sure. Then you made that. Then if he's missed four, then my pick is bunk. Then my pick is bunk. That's too many, I think. But what if he plays at this level for the rest of the year? If a guy plays at this high a level for 13 games, would you still give him first team all pro? I would. Yeah. So he's only started six games this year. Okay. So he's missed four starts, right? So you're okay. You got me. All right, so look, Marcus got me. I'm going to do something Marcus never does. When I'm wrong, <laughs> look, here I am. I'm saying I got I got it wrong. But if Tyron Smith plays great. the rest of the year at this level, why can't someone that's not a quarterback at least be discussed? I mean, just be discussed, sure. right? That's really what this is more about as I lead into my number four because it's another non-quarterback. And it's somebody near and dear to your heart, kind of. Kind Tank of. Del? Marcus loves the player, but does not love the player because this yeah. player destroys Marcus's favorite team. Uh, Fred Warner inside back. Well, it, off the ball backer really for the San Francisco 49ers. He plays all over uh, behind the line. I don't, by the way, we haven't really talked about that in one of our football theory discussions, but the lines have been blurred, not only between safety and corner, but between inside backer and outside backer because of the way they move around so much, particularly mm-hmm. the Niners. Uh, I think Fred Warner right now is probably the most important defensive player in pro football because as good as Miles Garrett is, Miles Garrett pretty much does one thing. He plays the edge. He can set the edge. He's a great, great, great pass rusher. TJ Watt is a big play machine. I don't know that TJ Watt has the all around 
versatility. Uh, Nick Bosa is not having as good a year as he had last year. Ditto Sauce Gardner. I don't think Max Crosby is either. Uh, who am I missing here? I, I'm good with Fred Warner. I, I told you this a couple of weeks ago. I I think not going by positional value, but just going by player. He's the best defensive player in the league right now. And the case that I was making to you yesterday is you've got Garrett and Parsons and Bosa and Watt and Crosby, all these edge rushers where we can debate who's the best edge in the league. There isn't even a debate as to who is the best linebacker in the league. He is so much further, or so much better than every other linebacker in the league. I'm not sure, Elliot, there's a bigger positional gap between one and two in the league than at linebacker right now. And what I was saying just about the linebacker position in general, you know, it used to be like you'd play a 4-3 or a 3-4. These positions were really defined. Pretty much every team is in nickel at least now because receivers, you've got three or four receivers on every play and the typical outside linebacker, how often are they actually lining up at the line outside of the defensive end? Not that often. A lot of times they're right behind the tackle. That was always the middle linebacker or the inside backer. That's where I was yep. going with that. Yep. Uh, kind of like the traditional uh, Brian Urlacher in the middle, Lance Briggs on the outside. We don't have that kind of uh, definite definitive uh, positioning by linebackers and, and ditto defensive linemen anymore. But anyway, that's a whole nother topic. Okay. Number three, I got Christian McCaffrey. I'm going back to the well with the 49ers. I told you he's earned my respect this year, his ability to catch the ball in traffic, his ability to make Brock Purdy's job a lot easier. He's a great running back. He's clutch. Uh, he doesn't really put the ball on the ground much. I, I just, you know, I was watching him against Jacksonville and I was like, this is the best back in the league. This is the best back in the league. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the gap between one and two at positions. This is the next one, right? Christian McCaffrey is just so much better than every other running back in the league right now. Uh, he scored how many touchdowns already this year? A, a yeah. ridiculous amount. You can see that this team is just not quite quite the same uh, when he's not on the field. I've, I've got no problem at all putting him here. I'll give you some Christian McCaffrey numbers since you asked for him in terms of uh, touchdowns. He's got nine rushing, four receiving already. So 13 touchdowns. He has 747 yards rushing. That is the most in the NFL. He's averaging 4.9 yards per attempt. That is robust. He also has 38 catches on 47 targets. That's a good catch to target ratio. He's averaging about nine yards a catch. Pretty good for a back. Uh, mm -hmm. Where you, you know, I mean, he's got a thousand eighty-six yards from scrimmage. I mean, at, at this point, man, uh, I think he certainly deserves being talked about. Number two is a guy that you've talked about a lot. Uh, you've always told me you thought Justin Jefferson was the best receiver in the league, but you put this guy number two, Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think you wavered with Jamar Chase. I think you thought Chase was going to kind of take off. I know injuries have been a little bit of a reasoning there, Joe Burrow as well. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, it's just like you know what the guy can do. You plan for it. You base your defense around it. And it seems like he and Tua still get one almost every game on you. I'm going to give you some stats on Tyreek Hill. Leads the NFL okay. in receiving yards, touchdowns, receiving yards per game, yards per touch, and yards per scrimmage uh, this season. I mean, he's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. They've only played nine games. Uh, I, he's got a legitimate chance to get to 2,000 receiving yards this season. You're starting a team tomorrow, okay? Just for one season, just for one season, you want Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. And then my actual guy that I think is the MVP. Now I have a caveat on this. I'll, I'll share it after I, I give this guy's name. I'm finally, am going to hit the quarterback. Well, I'm going CJ Stroud. I think he has earned it. Uh, he's got 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. The Texans would probably be nowheresville without him. He played great against Cincinnati on the road in a game that they really had to have uh, last Sunday. And there was the Tampa Bay game where he and Tank Dell went nuts at the end of the game. He's he beat Pittsburgh. That should make you happy. <laughs> that was that was a home game in Houston. One of the few one of the few good things of the season. Yes, I, I know he's had like the game against Carolina was a little bit of a hiccup, but I think Houston's making the playoffs. You think they're winning the AFC South? Any way they do that with anyone other than C.J. Stroud? No, I, he certainly deserves to be in the conversation. Now, I will say, I am a little surprised that you didn't mention Jalen Hurts. I, I know that Hurts has more turnovers this year, but they're eight and one. He's already, he already has 22 touchdowns on the season. The Eagles have one of the top three offenses in the league, and it's not like they haven't won big games, right? He played really well in the Cowboys game this year. He's played well in both Washington games. I, I, I think I would still take Hurts over Straub right now. He hasn't thrown an intercession, interception, Marcus. In over a month, in yeah, over well, a month, and even in the interception that he threw, it on the return, the Texans forced a fumble and got the ball right back with better field position. So even his interceptions are are good for the thing. Yeah, and I, boy, I'm really screwing up because I forgot he did have an interception against Cincinnati. But I think didn't that go off the receiver's hands, yes. or am I misremembering? Uh, that? He threw so, it to the yeah. he threw it to the sideline. Uh, receiver didn't run a great route, but that's besides the point. Uh, he's had four games of over 100 passer rating. He's had five of over 80. He's only had one game where he had a bad passer rating, and it was in the 70s, and that was the first start of his career against Baltimore. Um, I, I mean, dude, by every metric, uh, 8.3 yards per attempt. His interception percentage is 0.6. He's, yeah. he's literally less than 1% of his passes are being picked off. Um, I just don't know. This isn't a year of great quarterback play. Why would you put Jalen Hurts above him? Because Jalen Hurts is not outplaying him, only because the Eagles have a better record. And that's a big deal, right? I mean, he's also played well in big games. Um, but I mean, th that's not to take anything away from Stroud. He's having the best rookie season by a quarterback since, I mean, at least since Dak Prescott, at least. Well, I tell you what, I still blew that deal. He did have an interception against Cincinnati. So that's two wrong stats. I thought Tyron Smith had only missed two or three games. He missed four. So guys, only one, man. One, okay. one, one more, I got the hat trick. Two more, I've got the golden sombrero. That's four strikeouts in a game. Isn't that what they used to call it? I think so. Uh, what is it right. called bowling when you get three in a row? Is it a turkey? I don't know. I, I thought... Three strikes in a row? I don't know. I, I just remember the four... That's what the four strikeouts used to be called. I, I'm I don't Googling know. it right now. We'll, we'll just on. go with, is it golden sombrero? I don't remember. It, it used to be called something like that. I'm going old school here. I don't know. Yeah. It's when you get three strikes in a row, it's called a Turkey. Yeah, I was right. Oh, okay. All right. There go. I'm glad, I'm glad we uh, settled that. Now I will make this one caveat here. Uh, and this is truthful comment, man. And I said this to you offline. The quarterback that was playing the best football, he can't be considered for MVP because he's been hurt for a couple of weeks now. Kirk Cousins mm. actually would have been front and center for the MVP race right now. Just, if he kept you, up his play. Did you see Kirk Cousins says he's going to be back by the Super Bowl? 
That's his goal is to be backwards. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say that, but I thought it would be uh, funny if he did. <laughs> now I want to know what you call four strikeouts in a game. I, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, oh, well. Anyway, so is there anyone I left out? Uh, I mean, I would just mention Miles Garrett because I think he's having an incredible season. Um, however, I don't think he's been so much better than TJ Watt or Micah Parsons or Max Crosby for him to get the award. I just, this is the best I've ever seen him play. And I think he at least deserves to be mentioned. Patrick Mahomes also. We, I mean, the chiefs are probably going to be the one seed in the AFC. Um, and don't they don't know, have man. a lot of time. You, well, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, you look at the schedule. I mean, it really could be Pittsburgh. I, you're, you're not, I know, man, it could be. Kansas City All could I easily lose this week. Yes. Come on. I remember in August, you and I were going through the schedule of the Steelers schedule and you just get, I mess up two stats on that podcast. No, too? no, you didn't. This All is right, me, good. you and I talking on the phone and you All said, right, Marcus, good. the Steelers are not making the playoffs. You do not have to worry about it. And now we're talking about the Steelers being the one seed. So it's yeah. fantastic. It's an awesome season. Miles Garrett's a great fullback though. Uh, <laughs> now I'm just going to deliberately mess up everything. Uh, okay. Let, look, I got the Kansas city chiefs. Pod, or uh, schedule up right here. Okay. Philadelphia at home. That could be a loss at the Raiders. They're probably going to win that at That's the Packers. Good. Probably win that they could lose to the bills. It could happen. Uh, Buffalo plays Kansas city in Kansas city, December 10th. That's week 14 at new England. That's a win Raiders at home. That's a win. Looks like Cincinnati now is a win Yeah, at the chargers. That could be a loss. So depends on what the chargers are playing for, but let's say they lose all three of those games. They would be, what would their, they'd be 12 and five. Yeah. Pittsburgh's finishing better than that. Now I don't think Kansas city loses all three of those. I think they, no, I think they win at least one. They, yeah, they win at least one. So here's the thing. If Pittsburgh's 13 and four and Kansas city's 13 and four, they didn't. Now these guys didn't play each other uh, directly this year. So it would go on conference record. Yeah, Pittsburgh lost to um, uh, the Texans, the 49ers, and the Jags, where the Chiefs have only lost to the Lions and the – what was the other game they lost? Broncos. Now, you know, Broncos. Broncos. So yeah, right now the Chiefs have the advantage, so we'll see. Yes. Can we just – can we run through Pittsburgh's schedule really quickly? Yeah, yeah. All right, so they've got – they are home – sorry, they are on the road against the Browns this week against Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I mean, uh, I think pick, Cleveland's going to win, but you 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 don't. Yeah. So go ahead. Let's All pretend right. you're right. Seven and three. They play at the Bengals next week. They're probably going to win that one. Eight and three. They play home against the Cardinals. They're probably going to win that one. Nine and three. Home against the Patriots. They're probably going to win that Ten one. Ten and three. At the Colts. I, I'll give them a loss there. Okay, so we're 11 and four. Home against the Bengals. Probably going to win that. At Seattle, they lose that one. Oh, I, I think uh, I think your daughter has something to say about this. She's at, she's she's excited about the Steelers season. I I might train her <laughs> to be a Steeler fan so that way she can have some kind of like happiness in her life because this is clearly not working for me. <laughs> uh, it's just it is really funny that Pittsburgh could be at this point, um, given the way they've played and and. Again, Marcus and I have been talking about how even Pittsburgh fans realize that they're not a very good football team uh, right now. But, uh, you know, I, I'll say this. 
I feel like the AFC is so much harder to predict than the NFC is. I mean, I just, the NFC, I, I really do. I think I have the seating and everything. I just, all I don't know is the NFC South winner. I, I really do think we're looking at Tampa. Dallas five, Seattle six, Minnesota seven. I've, I've changed my thoughts. I think the Bucks are going to win that division after doing you some think the Bucks are? I do. Okay. They Did already got the tiebreaker over, over the Saints in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they've got the best offensive line. I think they've got the best defensive line. Why not? Honestly, I, I can't I can't vouch for Atlanta. I think it's to me, it's between Tampa and New Orleans, right? And Tampa's already got the win in New Orleans. Yeah. So, I think so. it's it's really a matter of when does Tampa play uh New Orleans this year? I'm gonna take a look at that real quick. But uh if they sweep that, then there's a really, really good chance they're gonna lose this week, though, Marcus. They're gonna lose bad this week. They're playing the 49ers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's not a big deal. It's one game. And as you know, in the a- NFC South, you can lose one game and be just fine. Yeah, yeah. So week 17, uh, December, New Year's Eve, they played New Orleans uh, in Tampa. And, uh, it's you know, a couple of big games there for Tampa. Uh, Christmas Eve, they played Jacksonville. I know everyone on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve is going to be like, oh, no, we can't celebrate right now. Tampa's playing Jacksonville and Tampa's playing New Orleans. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that may be so. But, I mean, at this point, any debate that it's going to be Minnesota, Seattle, and Dallas in the wild no. cards? I mean, unless Dallas wins the their division, they're the most likely team to win their division of the three you mentioned. But no, I I, I think you're right. All right. I think we uh, will bail on that. We'll get out of here. We're recording too long. Uh, just so you know, though, if you want to hear more about the Cowboys playoff prospects, catch Locked on Cowboys. Marcus hosts that with Landon McCool. And he also does a dynasty podcast twice a week on the same network. He covers the Raiders for USA Today, Raiders Wire, and he writes for the 33rd team. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. And we really appreciate you guys. We will talk to you uh, when we do power rankings are a little bit less meandering than today. Take care, everybody.